0: Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. It's time for Fibber McGee and Molly. Every weekday at this time, NBC brings you Fibber McGee and Molly transcribed. The show is written by Phil Leslie and Ralph Goodman and directed by Max Hutto. We'll join Fibber and Molly in just a moment. Great changes have taken place in America during the past dozen years. Changes that assure Americans a longer life, a better job, and a higher standard of living than we've ever known. In these past dozen years, America has enjoyed an almost miraculous expansion, which has brought new homes, new highways, new schools, new hospitals, yes, even new cities. What does this mean? In a nutshell, it means that the future of America is secure. Despite temporary variations and downswings, the trend of employment and earnings has been spectacularly upward. And it must continue upward in order to keep pace with ever-increasing demand. More homes and highways are still needed, more schools and hospitals, more industry and equipment, and more electrical energy to supply America's ever-expanding needs. If you'd like to learn more about the opportunities ahead, write to Box 1776, Grand Central Station, New York City, for the free booklet, The Future of America. Box 1776, Grand Central Station, New York City. We take you now to the Wistful Vista Elks Club, where booths are being built and arrangements being made for the big hobby show that opens tonight. The chairman, Mr. McGee, has things pretty well in hand. Careful with that two-by-four,
1: man. Yes, careful with that two-by-four, you guys. Be sure you build my booth big enough there, the director's booth. Give me plenty of room. Yes, we want a big booth for the boss, you guys. Big one. Yeah, thanks, Wallace. I don't know what I'd do without you. That's okay, Chief. I like giving orders to these (laughs) fellows. I don't get much chance to give orders at home. (laughs) Yeah, I know what you mean. Watch that chandelier up there, man. Yes, watch that chandelier, you clumsy fools. Oh, now, just a minute, Wallace. You, you with the bus over there, you hurried up. What do you think this is, a school picnic? Come on. Yeah, she's getting drunk with power. I better slow him down before...
2: Get Mr. McGee's booth set up, you guys, before I come
1: over there. Hey, Wynn. hey, come here, will you? Yes, Chief. Look, I appreciate you getting up at 6 o'clock this morning and coming down here to help, but I'll handle the work, men. You take the rest of this crepe paper and make some more of those nice little paper roses to decorate the booths. Oh, I'm sick of making roses. I know it isn't nice of me to complain like this, but would you mind if... If... If what? If I made snapdragons instead? (laughs) I guess that'll be all right. You make whatever you want. I hereby put you in complete charge of the decorations department. The paper flower division. Oh, thank you, Mr. McGee. I appreciate your faith in me. And I shall not let you down. I'll get right to work. Good boy, Wimp. Oh, you sure have to be a super diplomat to handle a bunch of guys... Oh, Mr. McGee. Uh, yeah, Gus, what's the problem?
0: We got the sign ready for the front door. Oh? All right, boys, stretch that banner across the hall. Hold it up so Mr. McGee can look at it.
1: There you are, Mr. McGee. How's it look? Hmm... Well, I don't know whether it's big enough, Gus. Well, it's six feet high and 30 feet long. Well, this is a big event, this hobby show I'm handling. Hold it up a little higher, man. Want to get a better look at it. Ah,
2: that's it. Hey there, Johnny, I'm here. Here I am, boy. I'm, I'm sorry I'm late. That's
1: okay, old-timer. I'll be with you in a minute. But don't worry, I'll make up for lost time. Sure, sure. I'll be with you as soon as I
0: get through. You know me, Johnny, once I get started, I don't waste no time. Look,
1: will you just pipe... Yes, the...
0: sirree, when I get going, I really go, man, go. I'm a ball of fire, a streak of lightning, a thunderbolt. I travel like a greased pig at a county fair, dashing around, rushing back and forth, toting stuff here, sawing wood there, hammering pig and Yeah, something. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. All right already. Now, if you just get your coveralls on as soon as I finish with Gus here, I'll give you a job to do. Okay,
0: Johnny. Uh, but take your time, son. I'm a little pooped. I think I'll go lie down.
1: Hmm. Well, I'm sorry about this interruption, Gus. How about the sign? Okay. Uh, it looks swell. It'll be fine. Good. With one little change. Change? Yeah. I think the sign itself is big enough, but I want you to change the size of them words, Elks Hobby Show. Instead of three feet high, I want them letters
0: five feet high, Gus. But uh, that's a big job. You said yourself you wanted them three feet.
1: Yeah, I know, but I've been thinking it over, Gus, and I feel that the part that says Elk's Hobby Show ought to be as big as the part that says produced, directed, range built, and completely handled by Fever McGee. wouldn't want anybody to think I was trying to make himself sound big or something. You know,
0: big shot. You? Oh, nobody'd ever think that, unless a friend...
1: There'll be a lot of strangers here tonight, people that don't know me for what I really am. Some of them strangers won't realize that I'm devoting my valuable time to this thing not to take personal credit, but merely to do my duty as a member of the Elks Club and a citizen of this fine community, and not for personal glory, but for the... What was that?
0: A picture of George Washington just fell off the wall.
1: Well, one of you men put it back up there. Let's not stand here gaping. we got work to do. Get the rest of them booths built, men. They'll be bringing their hobbies in here to set up in a couple of hours.
0: Okay, fellows, you heard what the noise said. Let's get back to work here. We
1: got lots to do here before the show opens tonight. Get with it, and you win. Uh, yes, Mr. McGee? Snap into them snapdragons, man. Let's get this show on the road. Get with it.
0: Back to Wistful Vista in a minute. Here's a question that may save you hundreds of dollars or even your life if you know the answer. The question, what is the top speed you can safely drive after dark if you have to rely on your own headlights to show up danger? The answer, according to the National Safety Council, is 45 miles per hour. If you exceed 45 miles per hour, you're driving beyond the visibility limit of your headlights. You might also test your traffic knowledge with this one. At 40 miles an hour, how close should you follow the car ahead? The answer... At 40 miles an hour, you should keep at least 125 feet. That's about eight car lengths to the rear of the car ahead. And even then, you're asking for a rear-end collision unless you keep constantly alert. So follow your safety counsel's advice and keep plenty of distance between yourself and the car ahead. Following too closely is a major cause of traffic accidents. And remember, the main secret of safe driving is simply to use common sense. Automobile accidents don't just happen. Drivers make them happen through carelessness.
2: My goodness, the place looks just wonderful, McGee You about ready to open the doors?
1: Pretty quick now
2: I never dreamed there were so many different kinds of hobbies Till I helped to take the entries yesterday Dog training, a clock collection,
1: match covers 65 booths we got Had a heck of time jamming them all in and Hey, wait till you see my booth, the director's booth. That's that man. Well,
2: it should be. You're the head man. Yep,
1: yeah, it's up front by the entrance, and what's he looking at?
2: What's that man doing in the third booth down there? In between Mr. McPessle's china chicken collection and the lady with the tatty.
1: Oh, Alec Barlow? His hobby is whittling. Whittling, huh? Mm-hmm.
2: What does he make, little wood statues and things?
1: No, just shavings. Oh, he just likes to whittle. Some of these fellas... Oh, are hello, to... Molly, your boy did a swell job setting this thing up, huh? Oh,
2: he sure did, Doctor.
1: Have I got time to duck out for a sandwich? Oh, no, there's no time for that, Fatso. You better get back to your art booth and get oh, things... Oh, I'm dying. I was so busy setting up the paintings, I didn't get dinner. <laughs> Anytime you miss a meal, Fatso, you're a way ahead on the calculus, so go back... Calculus? He means calories, Doctor. I mean Calculus. <laughs> All these booths are five feet wide by four feet deep, and Doc is exactly 60 inches square. He is? In order to squeeze him into a booth, you gotta take the calculus squared and subtract three pies.
2: Three pies? Yeah,
1: one chocolate and two banana cream. Oh,
2: That's geez. what he usually has for dessert, so Here that's- Here I am
1: he... starving, and he makes miserable jokes. And believe me, Sonny, that one was very unfunny. All set to go, Mr. McGee. Right, Gus. Get my private booth ready, and don't open that front door until I get there to cut the ribbon. Where's the scissors, Molly? Did you see the scissors? In
2: your hand, McGee. Don't be so
1: nervous. You'll do fine. Yeah, he probably cut his finger instead of the ribbon. Back to your artist booth, fatso, with those so-called paintings of yours. Okay, I'm going. Say, Molly, you think I could have a couple of sandwiches smuggled in during the show? No! Go on, now. Let's get all set here. All right, right. right, folks. All right, folks, let's have your attention. Quiet, everybody. Quiet, please. (laughs) Well, whoever has the pigeon collection, please round it up. We're about ready to start. Now, before I open the doors to our admiring public and cut the ribbon, I want to thank all you hobbyists for your cooperation. I think we got a great display of hobbies here, and I want to congratulate you on having the kind of management that makes that possible. And when the show closes tonight, I'd like you all to be my guest at Tony's for a spaghetti dinner. No, who said that? Eight o'clock, Mr. McGee. What? Oh, Yeah. yeah. Oh, boy, what a mouth, Huh, Molly? Never expected a turnout like this. Isn't it
2: wonderful? Good
1: show, McGee. We're proud of you. Well, thanks, GB. Uh, how's your finger? Oh, fine. Fine, G.B. I don't know how I got it tangled in that ribbon while I was cutting up like that, but I just nicked it, though.
2: Who was that, McGee?
1: That, my dear, was G.B. Axworthy, our grand exalted ruler.
2: You mean the president of your club?
1: Yeah. Axworthy's a big wheel in the Elks, kiddo. With him backing me, I could go places.
2: Well, you've certainly made a good impression tonight.
1: Yeah. Let's go sit in my private booth where everybody can see the man who's responsible for this great show. Hey, Gus! Hey, you want to see me, Mr. McGee? Yeah, my private booth, Gus. You know, the director's booth. I thought you understood it was going to set right smack facing the front door, Gus.
0: Well, that's where we built it, like you said. But you got so many hobby entries, the grand exalted ruler and the executive board decided to move it.
1: Well, I guess it doesn't matter. I got a loudspeaker in there, and I can be heard and seen from the side. Which side's it on, Gus? Well, it isn't exactly on the side. The executive board Okay, that... never mind the executive board. Just lead us to it. Yes, Mr. McGee. Right this way. Excuse us, folks. We're coming through here, please. Oh,
2: pardon me. Let I'm us through here, please. Official
1: business. Coming through. Just yeah. stay behind Gus, kiddo. And in a few minutes, you're going to have the honor of sharing my personal booth. Yeah. Through here, Mrs. McGee. Right through this door, Molly. There, that's it.
2: In the alley?
1: The alley?
0: Is this where they put my booth? In the alley? It was the only room left. We fixed up your loudspeaker so you can talk through the microphone here, and it comes out inside if you need anything. Give me that
1: microphone. I'll tear the lid off of this thing. Now, McGee. Calling the Elks Club executive board. Calling the executive board. Step out in the alley, you rats. I want all you guys, one at a time. You too, Axworthy. And all you guys to do. And you too, Gamble.
0: Deborah and Molly will be right back.
3: It's your ear, and I'd like to borrow it for just a moment, if I may. This is Dave Garraway with a few small words about a rather large program that I hope you'll enjoy every Sunday on NBC. Large is a strong word. Maybe I should say it's two hours. And it does run for two hours. It's called Sunday with Garraway, and from here it looks like a not unreasonable way to spend a kind of a pleasant Sunday evening. It has everything in the way of variety, Music by the best music makers in the business, including those who play show music, those who play pops, the new records, the old records, the sprinkling of light classics, the sprinkling of jazz, both cool and hot. There is a laugh here and there, and there are people from all over the world, too, people who write books, people who read books, people in show business, people out of show business. We have NBC's international circuits to bring us talk from Saudi Arabia, if we want, or from Hoboken, Illinois, if we need Why don't you try us on NBC this coming Sunday with Jim Fleming with the news. This is Dave Garraway inviting you to Sunday with Garraway.
1: Well, another weekend is coming up, and next Sunday, June 20th, is Father's Day.
2: So we'd like to extend our congratulations and our best wishes to the man of the day, the American father. May you be the kind of a father that your children's mother would like you to
1: be. Good night.
2: Good night, all.
0: NBC has brought you the Fibber, McGee, and Molly program transcribed with Bill Thompson as the old-timer and Wallace Wimple, Arthur Q. Bryan as Dr. Gamble, Nestor Piva as Gus, and Jack Moyles as G.B. Axworthy. This is John Wall saying we'll all be back again Monday night when Doc and McGee pull a big surprise on Molly McGee of Fibber McGee and Molly. Follow the National Open Golf Tournament on the NBC Radio
3: Network.